captain of Israel's host and guide of all who seek the land above beneath thy shadow we abide the cloud of thy protecting our strength thy grace our rule by word our end the glory of our strength our strength your strength thy grace Lord, peel away the veils, the veils on our eyes, the veils on our minds, the veils on our hearts, and peel off the veil that is covered the word of God when we look at it, and allow the brilliance of your light to penetrate and illuminate us to the end that we may each become the instruments that you would have us be in your hand that you may be glorified in Jesus name the people of God said Amen, amen. Hallelujah Alright Tonight I would attempt to upset you because I believe that unless certain erroneous positions are confronted, we tend to feel we are okay. So let us open our Bibles to the book of Romans in Romans chapter 11. And from the verse 25, Romans 11:25. And it simply says, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, of this mystery. Which version is that, please? New King James? All right. It says, I do not desire, brethren, 
that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. The Apostle Paul was writing an argument by the Spirit of God and presenting a case to the people in Rome, the brethren in Rome. And he gets to this point after he had written about the conflict we have in chapter 7 and the solutions in chapter 8 and the counter arguments in chapter 9 and the beauty of the gospel in chapter 10 Then in chapter 11, he is stretching it further. And he gets to this point. And begins to yearn a desire and say, Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I desire for you to function by a certain understanding and knowledge. He found out and he concluded that ignorance can function in two ways. Either that you do not know it and therefore the end result is going to be one way or else you get to hear about it And you still set it aside. Whichever way it goes, if we fail to function by the knowledge of the mysteries of God, the result will be the same. So he said, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to occupy the room of someone who had opportunity to hear the truth and ignore it. And also, I don't want you to be somebody who completely does not value knowledge and insight in the things of God. He says, brethren, There is a mystery. There is a mystery. There is something that God is offering to us. But that something is just out of our reach. And God desires for us to know it. For knowledge of the mystery has one major thing it does. 
It is to affect your function. It is to affect your thinking. It is to affect your behavior. So he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery. Otherwise, you would be wise in your own opinion. And God does not want us to function by our own opinion. I like the battle that is beginning to start inside. Because you would ask the question, but God gave us a mind and a brain to think. So what is this business about God doesn't want you to function by your own opinion? Do you believe the Bible? The Bible says, I don't want you to function by your own opinion. I want you to function by knowledge of the mystery of God. In other words, in other words, God expects each one of us to step away from natural knowledge and begin to function by revelatory knowledge. For knowledge of the natural is limited. But knowledge of the holy reaches unto God. Neighbor, yours is to function by revelation. And knowledge of the truth. Not by your own opinion. Let me help some people here. I am not saying if you are a lawyer, don't function by your legal knowledge. I am not saying if you are a soldier, you shouldn't function by your knowledge of guns and strategies. That if you are a caterer, you should then put aside your knowledge of cooking. That at all is not what I am saying. And certainly that is not what scripture is saying. Scripture is indicating to us that in the midst of the things we glean and learn as we grow, we come to a place, we come to a station where we need to serve God acceptably. If we are to do what pleases God, how it pleases God, then we need to migrate from the territory of the natural into the territory of the spirit. So tonight, as a foundation laying night, I would like for us to look at an interesting story in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. 
before we start reading that, I would simply say these things to you as points. And later on, during the week, we trust to expand their applications properly. Your state of holiness and purity is determined by the state of your mind. It is based on the thoughts and ideas, decisions and choices and the mindset that you have. The quality of your performance is determined by the state of your mind. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks, so is he. The concepts in your mind precede your attitude. How your mind is framed dictates how you relate with others. Yet your mind is not your spirit. (laughs) But God has so designed that having created man, spirit, soul, and body, he placed the mind in your soul and the mind in your soul becomes the gear that shifts the directions of your life. Before you say, you would have thought. Before you do something, you would have planned it in your mind. So the importance of the mind in our lives cannot be downplayed. Neither can we relegate our responsibility for training the mind, for building up the mind to the spirit and say, oh, spirit of God will take over. So what we are going to read in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 37 is a major lesson for us. The hand of the Lord, verse 1, was on me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. Now, 
And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I don't know about you, but I have found myself being asked a number of questions by God from time to time. And what I have learned in looking at scripture, when God asks you a question, he's not looking for information. He is not now trying for you to tell him your research findings. That is not what he's interested in. When he asks a question, it is for our benefit so that we know where we are or where we are not. When he asked Adam, Adam, where are you? You think he didn't know where Adam was? You think he didn't know what Adam had done? It was a question of mercy throwing Adam an opportunity to own up quickly. So when he asked his prophet, can these bones live? He knew what was to be done. But the prophet was wise. He says, Lord, only you know. <laughs> Some of us would instruct God. And that is how we pray. In our prayer, we try to educate God. We try to educate God in our prayer. Man of God, I won't go there tonight. <laughs> and he said, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Lord, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones. Say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thou says the Lord to these bones. Surely I will cause bread to enter you and you shall live and I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. 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 I believe I need to say something to some of us here. There are some who prophesy not because they have been commanded. They prophesy because they feel they are prophets. In the operations of the kingdom of God, unless God coughs, you can't cough. Unless God speaks, you have no business speaking. 
Therefore, unless God says, this is a prophecy, speak it out, you have no business saying your mind. Sadly, sadly, we have such an operation in undating our nation and our Christianity today. But mark these words, it's about to change. It's about to change. It's about to change. Because God has given them ample time. And the false has flaunted and shown itself and flourished. But the flaky false has no satisfaction. Our spirits are designed to be satisfied by God alone. To be satisfied by God alone. And therefore, that will bring no satisfaction. And soon, soon, their ability to stand will be taken away from them. So for those of you who maybe you are here, you have a prophetic gift or grace and so on, and you speak just the right things of God, and it appears as if nobody wants to pay attention to you, keep on the straight and narrow. Your time is coming. Amen. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling. And bone came together to bone. Indeed, as I looked, sinews and flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he also said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain. That, that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Amen. Sorry if I disappoint you because I'm not about to tell you your dry bones will wake up. Amen. <laughs> but you see, I want to describe the situation in some detail. The man of God, the man of God suddenly had an encounter with God. So he says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he took me up in the spirit. He took me up where? In the spirit. He took me up where? In the spirit. We are not talking about natural things. He took me up in the spirit. And then God began to have a dialogue with his servant. And he showed him a valley. 
So in the spirit he was seeing a landscape. In the spirit he saw bones of human beings. All the 206 bones in the body were scattered around in that open valley. Bible says they were very dry and very many. Skulls, 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 teeth, 32, all of them over. And then God says, can these bones live? Ah, but God, you brought me here, how can I answer that question? He says, prophesy to the bones. Bones have no ears. But everything hears the word of God. So when he prophesied, up until the time he prophesied, there was peace. There was quietness. Everything was cool. I guarantee you, when God speaks a prophecy into your life, things begin to shake. Up until that time, every bone was quiet. They, they had a very convenient, disorderly quiet. Because bone was not to bone. But the moment the word of God entered the bones, bone began looking for his bone. Bones began shifting. I would like to see that in the spirit. Only cartoons can produce, but that I would like the real deal. I want you to imagine this. Assuming this room was filled with bones. And head bone does not know where neck bones are. And the carpas do not know where the metacarpas are. Is there any medical person? Is that the biology we were taught? <laughs> Is that the right name? <laughs> but then all of a sudden, without legs, without legs, they begin to move. They begin to move. They begin to move. They begin to move. I announce to you, if dry bones can obey God, you better obey God. And they began to move. And neck bones began to look for head bones. And neck bones arranged themselves properly. And the 12 thoracic bones arranged themselves properly. And the other side, and all the 33 lined themselves up. And they joined themselves. And jaws joined. And skeleton became complete. And then all of a sudden, eyes appear in the skulls. And flesh begins to move on it. And skin covers it. But then at the end of the day, they are lying down dead men. All of this is happening. Then he said, prophesy to the wind. Come breathe upon these slain. 
Not these dead. He showed how they died. These slain. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And the wind came. And breathed upon them. And they came alive. And they stood on their feet. And when they stood on their feet. You saw an exceedingly mighty army. Brethren. Now the story begins. For the scripture says. In the verse 11. He says son of man. This army. They are in fact. My people. Who are alive. In the earth. What produced this state. In the spirit. The dry bones were living people. The dry bones in the open valley were children of Israel, kings, princes, governors, excellent men, living at the time in Babylon by the mandate of God. They were living people. But in the spirit, in the spirit, in the spirit, they were dry bones. And then God said, This is what caused their state. For they say, They have fought and they say, Turn to your neighbor and say, My neighbor, if you don't watch your mind, if you don't guard your mind, you will not be able to guard your mouth. And if you don't guard your mouth, you will say things that will change your identity in the spirit and change your status in the spirit. God knew that he had a mighty army in Babylon. But the mighty army, because of the state of their mind, because of what they were saying, because of the circumstances around them, they formed an opinion of their state. And they began to believe that. The state of your mind would affect the quality of your faith. The state of your mind would affect the quality of your prayer. So when God would come to town looking for a mighty army, when he looked, there were slain men. Now, I want you to see something about the power of the mind. Because God was revealing what had been produced in the spirit that he was seeing because of the way his people were thinking. 
Number one, when they began thinking their thoughts, it got to a point that in their thinking they killed themselves. They continued thinking and in their thinking they buried themselves. In their thinking, every dead thing goes corrupt and rots away. They rotted away. Man of God, in the norm, when somebody dies and is buried in some place, the bones are there in one place. But in their thinking, they exhumed their bodies and desecrated their own graves and cast their bones into an open valley. All of this was happening in their thinking. What are you allowing your circumstance that your eyes are seeing to make you think? Please give us Jeremiah chapter 24. In Jeremiah 24, we see an interesting prophetic word describing this very same people. For these people, listen to the vision of Jeremiah. He says, And the Lord showed me there were two baskets of figs set before the temple of the Lord after Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive, Jeconiah, his son, Jehoiakim, and Judah, and all the princes of Judah, and the craftsmen, and the smiths in Jerusalem, and they had gone to Babylon. One basket had very good figs, like the figs that are fresh ripe, and the other basket had very bad figs, which no one can eat, for they were so very bad. Then the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, Figs, very good figs, and they are very good, and bad figs, they are very bad, that no one can eat. They cannot be eaten because they are so bad. And again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Like the good figs, so will I acknowledge those who are carried away captive from Judah from whom, whom I have sent from this place for their own good into the land of the Chaldees. Hello. Hello. 
What I want to caution you about now is simple. Do you know if your situation that you are crying about is a test or is for your own good or is devil? Do you know? God said, the good figs are those who have been carried away captive. It doesn't sit well, does it? So that tells you that the opinion of God about your circumstance is different from your opinion about your own circumstance. Then he said, ask the good figs that you acknowledge as good. So I would acknowledge those who have been carried away. He says, I have sent them there for their own good. So, Scripture says, count it all joy when you go through all kinds of what? And trials. Because ultimately, it works something in you. He said, I would work in them and make them know me. I would cause them to return and they shall come to serve me with all of their heart. It is concerning these same people in chapter 29. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of good to bring you to an expected end. But when they saw their circumstance, they used their natural mind to measure their circumstance. They used the feeling of their flesh to measure their circumstance. And they measured themselves against their history and not against the spirit. And they used their culture to measure their state. And others used their economic status to measure their state. These things can poison and corrupt your mind. But I see here also a people whom God has determined to expand and increase. A people whom God has raised up. Amen. Who shall become stalwarts Amen. on every front. Amen. No, who has on every front. But you need to line up your thinking and your mind with God's thinking and his mind. So you can say, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. We often have prayed that prayer when we don't know what it is that is the will of God. But Jesus was praying that prayer saying, not as I will, 
But as you will. Let's go to Romans. Amen. Yes, I'm called Roman for Roman. Romans chapter 12. I want to start talking about the correctly tuned mind. All right, let's start from there. Just tuning your mind correctly. Okay. Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is only your reasonable service. Put your Bible here. Don't worry, we'll cross Bibles. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Therefore means something has been argued out already. And what is the therefore? It says that I don't want you to be wise in your own opinion. Because there is a mystery that God is unfolding. Because of those unfolding things, I plead with you. I beg of you. I want you to reconsider the way you are living. And present your bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. A sacrifice because you are dead to your self-life. Living because you are active in his life. God likes the smell of burning flesh. When you are the sacrifice on the altar and the fire is doing damage, he likes it. But many of us jump off the altar. The moment the fire starts, hey! What are you talking about? Ah. Why? This small worship we worship God. What's, what's this trouble? Some of us, the fire happens in our home. Either it's happening from your father or from your mother or from your wife or from your husband. Or maybe it's coming from your in-law. In Italy, I'm told of a certain grass plant. It is long and dark. And they call it mother-in-law tongue. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I mean, whilst you are a wife or, or, or a husband, it is fine. But when you grow and your children now go, then you also come and inherit the same name. But here are the things I want to share with you very quickly now. He says, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are born again. You've given your life to Christ. I am afraid until you allow the process of renewing of your mind, your life will not change. You may pray 72 hours a week. But if you don't change your mind, your life will be the same. Your spiritual gifts may function powerfully. But your character will remain the same. As for gifts, they are gifts. But character is a totally different matter. So here is what is happening. One, when you finally tune your mind, your character begins to transform. Are you tired for the way you fornicate, for the way you lie, for the way you get angry? Change your mind. It's very simple. God did not, God did not complicate it. He put the key right within you. But the key must be informed by revelation. Because what God intends for you to be, you should not allow things to rule over you. One person must rule over you, and that is Jesus. Two. The fine-tuned mind helps you to discern the will of God. It says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's will at certain levels and incrementally should be known by all of us. God's arrangement is that we should know his will. But when our minds are not causing us 
to be on a journey of transformation. Every time the will of God pops up, we reject it. We'll show it to you from scripture. But the renewed mind, the fine-tuned mind, is able to prove, to prove, to discern, to weigh and examine and say, this is the will of God. That is the will of God. And this is the will of God. In other words, your capacity to discern becomes much sharper when your mind is being renewed. Three, when your mind is fine-tuned, it gives you an accurate image of yourself in Christ. For the verse 3 says, For I say to everyone that is amongst you, by the grace given to me, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So God expects you to think of yourself in a certain way. Whilst you should not think more than you should, you should also not think less than you should. You notice also that the, the writer says, according to the grace given to me. There is a grace given to everybody. You didn't hear me. I said there is a grace. Listen. Perhaps, let, let me, man of God, let me bring this other side of grace. All right. Grace is what? Unmerited favor. Is that not so? Is that not so? Grace also means divine influence upon your life to do whatever God would have you do. In Philippians, in Philippians, the scripture describes it, it is God who is at work in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That is grace. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4 says that there is one God, one Father of all, one Lord, and one God who is in all, through all, and in you all. One God. And then he says that just as everyone has been given grace, but grace functions are specific. He says now, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to. But to think soberly. As God has given to everyone a specific measure of faith for function. When your mind is renewed, 
When you are fine tuned, you will deeply appreciate the other members of the body of Christ. As you appreciate, it will slow you down from getting offended. As you appreciate, as you, as, as you value the other person, you, you would want to encourage the other person. You would respect the other person. You would listen to the other person. You would love the other person. What does the scripture say? The verse 4. What does it say? For we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Verse 5 says what? So we, we, being many, are one body in Christ. Individually, members of one another. Today in the body of Christ, you find some so-called ministers choosing to trade words over the airwaves. A shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. But when the mind is renewed and you begin to appreciate him, her, you begin to appreciate then you walk differently because you know that this is not just another man, but this is a part of the body of Christ. And it's not simply because this is a soul we want, so we love that soul, but you know that this person individually is a member of you and you are a member of that person, whether the person is tall or short. It is only in the body of Christ that the permutations of our nature and races can be blended into one body. And you discover your function. Um, doctor, it's good to see you. <laughs> Wonderful. So, Doc, tell me. If there happens to be water behind my eardrum, what will happen? I have a headache behind the eardrum, not in front of it. And if it is enough, it means it will impair with my hearing. 
right? So when there is something in the body that should not be there, the body is sick. Disease is the malfunctioning of parts of the body. Is that true? And when there is an infection, something introduces itself into the body. That should not be there. And the cells, the individual members, are, are, are protesting. Then you feel a fever. So Jesus said, so Jesus said, it is not the miracles that will make them know that you are my disciples. It is when you love one another. But I have come to discover that we are yet to learn how to love. Because it's very convenient to love when things are fine. When things are not fine, it is not easy to love. But the strength of love is shown when things are not fine. That is when it is shown. The strength of love. That is the time. We have started a simple journey of discovering and having the mind of Christ. Your mind can be corrupted. Your mind can be guarded. Can be guarded. Your mind can be blinded. And the contents of your mind will shape the way you function. So what we are going to find out then what are the various cardinal features in the mind of Christ? So perhaps by the time you come tomorrow you would have discovered it yourself. And when you do, then my work is finished. <laughs> Amen. Amen. May the Lord God touch your heart and your mind. My prayer for you that a deep restlessness would plague you. That there will be a divine restlessness within you. A divine discontentment. That will drive you to sniff out that which God alone wants you to have. God bless you indeed. In Jesus' name. Madam, thank you very much.
Praise the Lord. Blessed be Jesus. I don't know how this week is going to be. If tonight being, being the first night, the revelation of the word of God is coming forth in this way. Please tell the other brethren who are taking matters lightly that they cannot afford to miss the convention. Praise the Lord. Maybe we should just stand and pour our hearts for five minutes and ask the Lord that, Lord, this matter that you are bringing, let it turn my, side, my life upside down. Some of us are caged up because of the way we've been thinking. But there is a release already by the Spirit of God through His Word. Some of us, uh, the way we've been functioning, it's so clear that up there is in trouble. But that is why God made it possible for us to have this convention. So, be deep tonight, in this short moment of time in prayer. Tell him and appreciate him that, Lord, I thank you that you have come my way. Majority of the things that we have been worried about is a demon, is a spirit. That is not the matter. It is because of the kind of mind and the operation going on in our minds. Tonight, let it begin. Suriha. Tombo. Takwastagia nane tameli kore dampu. Tuziahasi mele fele kuntuli bahato. Mabrasitori kahadimi antafasiki miankoli. Oh, what a lovely father you are. You are so loving. You are so loving. You know what is good for your children. Oh, thank you for the descending power. Thank you for descending, Lord. You are showing us, Lord. You are making it so real that we are as the dead bones. But thank you that we are rising. We pray, Lord, we pray, Lord, we pray, Lord. Maita neri haleza zazamasuri inkento. Duvastabianto beleketumbiasaya. Koya hadaya. Koya hadaya. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the solution by the word of God. Thank you for the movement by the Spirit of God. Thank you for the light of your word. Thank you for the speed with which your word is coming. Kundabale, baratumian, sisele meno. 
Ah, what kind of love is this? What kind of love is this, O God, that you have set on us to bring us to an expected end? Baribele, Baduru Suburu Kushandaya. We, O God, dedicate this week, O God, that you will come forth in Dalabashataya. Pray as if you are expecting something. This week must be a turning point. A turning point, dear brother. Janda basiatori makoro shataya. Bugudugu burugudu shampalagadaya. Hey, the struggle that has been going on in your life. Therefore, there is no joy, suspicions. I believe God is about to do something. Mantorobobo. The weakness in your mind that makes you stink as if you are going to die. Zimbele makobolo shataya. Pray to him, he is able. He bundaya. Purukutu burukubandala basikaya. Oh, what a mighty God you are. What an everlasting Father. We call on you because your word has come forth. Brother, let me tell you, the good time to pray is when you have heard the word of God. And you have understood it. Milimuru kutumbala shekeleri babaya. Miendere besete. Oh, nika 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 noromosiaha. Mumbili lekunda la basiko. Oh, what a good God you are. What a good God you are. What a good God you are. We bring you thanks tonight. Tilele boloholobozibaya. Kumburuku Shatakabaria. Blessed be your holy name. Bumbe Surileko. Yea, the heavens are open, Lord. Ramashatamaya. Makurika Sendelebesikaya. Yea, you too, Musuri Marunkutumburukutu. Buburu Buburu Musuturi Babaya. Yea, Sekeria. Oh, be in tune with God. Let this night be the first night that has cracked all the surface. Let there be a penetration by the word of God. Tell him that, Lord, I need this encounter. The encounter made the we bless your name, Heavenly Father. We give you praise. Thank you, Father, for setting it up that we may encounter Jesus. Oh, that we may, we may have him. That we may be renewed. That we may be changed. That we will show forth your praise. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Brethren, something will happen this week to your lives, to our lives. It will happen. I pray that you will open up to the Lord. 
Father, I pray that our, the eyes of our understanding will be open, will be enlightened. Father, I pray that, oh God, you will do for us what you have planned. That the mystery of the gospel will be unfolded. And the power of the Holy Spirit will be so real. Thank you. Thank you. That you don't relent. Thank you that you are moving and nothing can stop your power. We ask that, oh God, this week shall be a week that will open doors to many lives into walking according to the word of the Lord that will open lives to many being led by the Spirit of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you have so designed it. May it come to pass. We bless you. We honor you, Father. We are so convinced that you don't change. As you were, so are you, and so you will be in the future. Therefore, we pray in the name of Jesus, the sons and daughters will rise up according to the power of God that is at work in us. We bless you. Thank you for such a visitation. And thank you for that which you have in mind for us. I pray that each one of us, O oh God, would have the full blessing of what you have given out. We bless and honor your name in Jesus' name. Amen.